Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. We're talking about being generous today. Is that okay? And we're going to try to look at why is it that sometimes we have real difficulties when we clearly know that God's asked us to be generous, to give some money away to someone we've never met, to a mission, to a missionary, to, uh, you know, whatever, homeless person. Why is it that we know when God's asked us to do that, we're going, yeah, yeah, and we don't. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to have two games today. And the first game is I have $700 to give away. Who would like it? Who would like the money? Yes. First, I didn't say what the rules were, but it's like I got it in my hand. So, Luis, you get it. So, there's, there's 700 here. I actually only was planning on giving away 500 because I gave away 500 in the first meeting. But someone who was in the first meeting wanted to be in on the action and gave me an extra 200. So, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's not for you. <laughs> Is that all right? Not for you. You have to give it away in one minute. Go. You can give it, you can give it all to one person or you can give it to seven people, but you've got to do it quick. Got to do it quick. Got to give it quick. And you can't give it to your parents. <laughs> people, like, are you not? <laughs> Four kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Is it all gone? Is it all gone? Well done. Luis, have you given it all away? There we go. Okay, people, was that fun? Did it, did it seem easy for Luis to give that away? Why? Because it wasn't his to begin with. Boom. That's the sermon right there, people. What you have isn't yours. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible teaches us that everything we have is God's. Yes or no? So if he asks us to... I just stepped on my shoelace, which is not good because that means I'm going to trip in a minute. Well, that could have been an idea to tie it up for one of you. We'll just get rid of it so I don't trip. I've tripped so many times on the stage from stepping on my shoelaces, it's, and you almost fall over the edge. Anyways, where was I? Not yours, thank you. So the, the challenge, friends, is why is it that when we clearly know God's put something in our heart to bless someone, to give money away, to be generous, and whatever the issue is, why is it that it's, we just don't often do that? And can I tell you, I think that this is a journey, and that there's two primary things that are against us and one is the poverty spirit and a poverty spirit's not a demon it's a mindset that just I'm poor I can't afford other people are wealthier they can do it uh, it's not a good time all of those kind of mindsets that we have and then the other one is a spirit of mammon and so we're going to look at two passages today we're going to talk about that and I got one more money game coming up that'll just keep everyone awake just <laughs> for, for when that happens and those of you at home, I'm sorry, I haven't figured out how to send money to you. Uh, 
well, I do know e-transfer, but uh, anyways. Oh, I need to tell you the backup. So last Sunday, while we're worshiping, and you remember there was a communion time that we had, we were having the bread, the cup, and Sandra and I were doing that right over in the front row over here, and there was a little, we finished maybe a little bit before, before everyone else did, and so there was a pause, and in that pause, I had a God thought. The God thought was, Steve, your sermon next week is on being generous, because I've had a month's notice on that. Steve, you should give away $1,000. And I thought, that'd be a great idea. That'd be a good start to the sermon, give away $1,000. So I leaned over to Sandra, because our rule is I can only give away 500 without her permission. She can only give away 500 without my permission. Anything over 500, group conversation, correct? Sandra coordinates the banking, the money, pays all the bills. I'm clueless on those things, so I tend to be ready to give more quicker than Sandra does. She's always, you know, just, she's got some, um, I was going to say issues. That's not the correct word. <laughs> she's, she's, got, she's got some complications to think through. Yep. Sandra's watching. I think Sandra watched the first meeting when I was nicer. Um, hopefully in Jesus' name. <laughs> Anyways. I lean over, can I give away $1,000? Sandra looked at me with sort of like, what? what? What's that about? And I said, well, my talk next Sunday. And she said, has someone given you $1,000 to give away? Here was my answer, not yet. Literally, 30 seconds later, one of the young guys in our church sat right beside me in the end seat right over there. That's the anointed seat. That's the giving seat, I think. <laughs> And uh, said, I've just sent you a, a wire transfer, an e-transfer, e and here's the, here's the password for you to unlock the, the money. I didn't ask how much. I didn't look until the meeting was over, but guess how much it was? $1,000. So was it easy for me to give away the money? Yes, because it never started with me. Yeah, that's the principle. So in your Bibles, I'm going to read to you Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 35 a story about Jesus and his 12, and it goes like this. So this is the feeding of the 5,000 story. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to Jesus. This is a remote place. By the way, there's about 30 of us heading to Israel a week Monday, and we're going to go to this place and see if someone has brought five loaves and two fish, and we'll see if we can have some fun. Well, so far it hasn't happened. People have usually got burgers and things like that. So anyways. Uh, they said, it's already very late. Send the people away so that they may go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. That's $40,000 is the average, sorry, average salary in Toronto, I think it's like 80. That's $40,000. Are we going to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Look at it, friends. Look at that passage. Did anyone say, we don't have enough money to be generous? That's not the question. They have the money. Judas is in the circle, in that little group. He's the treasurer, and it would appear that he has at least... $40,000 cash on him at that very moment, and Jesus knows it, and we can afford to buy everyone lunch. How about we be generous? The discussion is never we don't have the money, it's we don't want to spend the money. Uh-huh. Do you see that with me, friends? This is the issue. They don't want to be generous. 
Is it the disciples' money? No, it's not even theirs. They can't even be generous with Jesus' money. How does that happen? Well, that spirit of poverty just gets in and says, uh, I'm going to quote John Bootsman, who used to be one of our pastors. John, the only quote that I can remember from John Bootsman, one of our pastors for seven years, the only thing I remember of his preaching was this. Only thing. Well, he had good sermons, but I don't remember them. <laughs> he talked about being his Dutch heritage, and they're tight with money. And he said this, the Dutch people believe this, get what you can, can what you get, guard the can. That's all I remember from John Bootsman, seven years being here. <laughs> I told him that and he laughed because he goes, yeah, that's, that's, that's still true. So poverty spirit is I can't be generous because what about tomorrow? What about if there's extra bills come? What about situations? And whatever those things are, we don't want to do it. And friends, this poverty spirit can come through generations. So my dad's father fought in the First World War. He was living in Scotland at the time when he volunteered to go into the army. Uh, he's in the trenches. He was injured uh, enough that he was out of the war, uh, couldn't uh, serve again, emigrated to Canada, and had post-traumatic stress on and off the rest of his life. My grandpa was unemployable. Mood swings, anger especially, fits of rage, all of that kind of stuff. I do not remember a family gathering, Christmas, Easter, birthdays, I don't remember any family gatherings where there wasn't a riot that my grandfather has started. He got in arguments and it's big fights and as kids we just run out of the, run out of the room and laugh. And anyways, my dad grew up in that and my dad became like that and guess who else became like that? I became like that. My mom's side of the family, uh, my mom's English, born in, in Leicester, England, Turns out my grandpa was wealthy, and he was owned a factory. Almost all of the football players for Leicester City worked for my grandpa. He was a part owner of that team back when uh, you would put money into the community rather than you're wealthy and take money out. And my mom grew up being generous. And I can remember in my family growing up, there was this little battle because my dad sort of, well, hoarding would be the correct word. We can't be generous because and my mom's wanting to be generous, and sometimes my mom, my mom won, sometimes my dad won, and it was just right there. It's just a mindset that was quite different, and it takes a while to break out of that. And so here we have the disciples not wanting to give away the money that is there. Was Jesus poor, friends? The answer is no. There's one obscure verse where it says that he didn't have, like foxes have holes, birds have nests, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And it's a very interesting passage, and it's the only passage that gives an intimation that Jesus was poor. The problem is there's other passages, such as, I'll read it to you, Mark chapter 2, verse 15, and it happened that Jesus was reclining at a table in his house, and many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. So remember, they're dining with Jesus in his house, and there was many of them, and the story goes on. There's about five passages that say that Jesus has a house in Capernaum. Yep. He has a treasurer. Do poor people have a treasurer named Judas? No. Judas is also skimming money, the Bible says. One of the passages in John's Gospel says that he's stealing from the, the pot, as it were. And how do you not know that 
there's got to be so much money that's going through the hands of Jesus to be able to care, care for all the bills of his entourage. It would appear that he's paying all the bills. Last one is when he's on the cross and going to be crucified. Remember the Roman soldiers gambled for his clothes. They wanted those wealthy suit and tie that he's wearing. The Gucci suit. I don't love his Gucci friends, but Whatever he was wearing was good enough that Roman soldiers said, I want it. No, no, I want it. And they gambled to get his clothes. So if you, had a, if you were taught, as I was, that Jesus was poor, the Bible doesn't back that theory up. The Bible backs up that money flowed generously into Jesus and out of Jesus' hands. And so I'm gonna, just going to say, if we want to be like Jesus, we're generous. When he wanted to pay for a meal for up to 40,000 people at that feeding... He was willing to do it. The disciples didn't want to do it. Second passage to look at, talking about a spirit of mammon, is Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus said this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, say the word cannot, serve both God and money. The word mammon is in some of the translations there, same thing. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink, about your body or what you wear, is life not more important than food and body more than important than clothes? And so the topic that Jesus is addressing here again is why do you let money determine your life? If God speaks to you to be generous, don't you trust him for tomorrow about what you're going to eat and how you're going to close yourself? If God's asked you now to be generous, why are you thinking that you can't do that because of tomorrow? It's the same God that talked to you to give that will also look after you tomorrow. We're going to play another money game. Are you ready? Stand up, get in a group of three, two or three, real quick. Find your partners real quick. Here's what we're going to do. Everyone ready? Tomorrow, we're all pretending. Everyone ready? Tomorrow, at work, Someone's going to come to you and say, it's the boss's birthday on Friday, and we're just going around getting some money. We're going to buy a gift for, your bo for the boss on Friday. Would you like to give? In your purse, in your wallet, right now, in the, in the game, you have a $5 bill, a $20 bill, a $100 bill. How much are you going to give? Go. you got one minute to talk in your group. How much are you going to give? you got a 5 you got a 20 you got 100 For those of you at home, play along. How much would you give? You got five of a 20 and a 100. Thirty seconds, make sure everyone shares. Ten seconds. Okay, wrap up. Stay standing. Stay standing. How many of you were thinking, I don't like my boss. They gave me a bad review. They're getting, 
They're getting nothing. How many of you thought that? Wave your hand. A couple people, thank you for being honest. You can sit down. You can sit down. How many of you were thinking, well, there's like probably 20 people in the office here. Uh, if we give a gift of $100, if I put in five and everyone else does that, that's a good gift. How many of you thought $5 was appropriate? Wave your hands. Perfect. There's a few of you. You may sit down. How many of you thought, you know what? I got a five, I got a 20, got a hundred. Let's go in the middle. Let's give away 20. That's appropriate. How many did that? Wave your hands. Perfect. Sit down. That seems to be the majority. We still got a couple categories to go. How many of you were thinking, I got a 20 and a five. I'll put in 25. Who thought 25? Anyone? Okay, Murray. Murray's heard the sermon before. Glenn, very good. All right, 25s can sit down. How many of you thought this, is, this could be a trick and Pastor Steve may be giving away more money? So I'm going to say $100. Where are the $100 people? Wave your hands. Okay, you may all sit down. Anybody still standing? Okay, why are some people still standing? How many felt I'm going to give away $125? Wave your hands. Okay, very good. You may be seated. There's still... Tom, are you still up or are you down? Michael's... Are you up or down, Michael? One gentleman... Is, am I right that there's one gentleman left? Is there, there's three people back there. How many of you thought... I also have a credit card. I also have a smartphone. I could e-transfer more money than just what I have in my wallet. How many of you thought that? Okay, what did you think then, sir? What did you think? What were you going to give away? What, ev what all, everything that's in your wallet. Okay, so you have more than my bills. Okay, very good. Uh, who else? Someone over here? What do you have? Oh, you're just going to give 20? Oh, they sit down. <laughs> Anyways, do you see my little game? A whole bunch of us didn't do something. How many of you in the little game, before you decided, before you shared, said, Holy Spirit, what am I to give? How many did that? Stand up if you did that. Wave your hands. These are the godly people right here. These are the godly people. Well done. <laughs> Friends, that... That is what we're supposed to do. If we're trying to be led by the Spirit of God, every time there's an opportunity to be generous, that should be a go-to. We cannot serve God in money. The spirit of money, the spirit of mammon, is going to have you determine how much do I have in my hand right now. That's how much I, I give. I got a 5, a 20, and a 100. Uh, those are my three options. No, those are not your three options. Your first option is Holy Spirit, what am I to do? If you believe that everything you have is his and is replenishable by him who owns it all. If you believe that, that's the way it goes. I told a couple stories in the first meeting. I've only got time for one. So here's a story. Uh, some of you know we've had a guest preacher in the past by the name of Patricia King, former Canadian. She's a prophet, a grandma, uh, usually has her hair dyed some strange uh, non-organic color. Um, and we had her speaking on a Sunday morning and the plan was that she was immediately after the morning meeting going to go to another church in Peterborough for an afternoon meeting and so she had the deck out right away 
We had some sandwiches from the cafe ready for her. Normally, if there's a guest speaker, Sandra and I take them out for lunch. And so we weren't able to do that, but we took her out the night before. So while we're having dinner with her, I think at um, Tucker's Marketplace, which is no longer there, as we're doing that, we, um, uh, I just got into sort of the mechanics of, uh, do you know what you're going to be preaching on tomorrow? Do you know how you want to wrap up? How do you want to do ministry? All of those kind of things. And she said, well, if it's okay, I'd like to do a sermon from Genesis about Isaac who planted seed in the ground in a famine and had a financial breakthrough because he was the only one to listen to God to put his grain in the ground in a famine when it didn't make sense. Everyone else is grinding it up to make bread so they can survive. And it rained, and he was the only one that had a harvest and became a multimillionaire because he can charge what he wants. That's the sermon. And is it all right in point three of the talk to ask if anyone would like to give a seed back to catch the fire for whatever you want, for whatever's going on in your life, to do that. And of course I said yes. And so I knew when she got to point number two in her sermon, that's, it's, that was Saturday night when she said it, Sunday morning when she says point two, it's like, oh, there's going to be point three is the offering. And so I reached in the seat behind, I was sitting over here again, and got one of the offering envelopes. In the old days we had offering envelopes in all the seats. And we had credit card information on the back. And she, uh, sorry, I got that. And now I'm talking to Sandra. I'm filling it in. Got our address. Got our visa number on there. Sandra, how much do we give? I said, how about 500? And she goes, how about 50? Uh, just the timing again, friends. It's not that she's not generous. It's just I, I'm clueless of what, how much money is in the bank account. And so, anyways. So we compromised at 250. When Patricia got to point three and started talking and said, we're going to put the buckets up at the front, uh, come up if you'd like to give an offering. I'm the first one up because of two reasons. I'm in front, front row. I'm closest. Number two, I was the only one who knew what was happening, and I was ready. Yep. The very next Sunday, Sandra and I are preaching at a Pentecostal church in Liverpool, England. We get there early, and an elderly gentleman, by say elderly, like older than I am now, came and said, Steve, it's good to see you again. I recognized his face, didn't know his name, don't know where I met him, probably one of the events here. And he said, Steve, can I give you an offering? Yes, of course you can. I was thinking he's the treasurer for the church. This is going to be my speaking honorarium. And he goes, uh, uh, can I write a check? I've got a Canadian bank account. Is that all right to write a Canadian check? And it's like, perfect, that's even better. Off he goes. Three minutes later, he gives me a check, 300 Canadian dollars. I go, thank you very much. Bless you. I go and give it to Sandra because, remember, she's the treasurer. And uh, uh, she takes it, and I said, this is, this is for our speaking. And she goes, no, I don't think so. Why? Well, that guy, and she pointed a different guy, just gave me 500 pounds and said, this is your speaking gift. And I'm just thinking, it's like, right. He didn't say he was, had a role. He just said, can I give you an offering? And it's like, oh, my goodness, we just got our $250 back plus change. Yay. In the sermon, Sandra shared about how God had been speaking to her years past of how we got our first house by believing a God thought, which was to give away money that we didn't have, uh, seed money into someone else's life, and da-da-da-da-da, we got $100,000 back. Small little just story, if you haven't heard about it, just a small little breakthrough, gave away 1000 got 100000 Just, it's in the Bible, anyways. Sandra's sharing that story, meeting's over, people are having coffee, people are going, and this... Can, the guy with the Canadian bank account comes up and he says, is your house fully paid for? No. Still got a mortgage? Yeah. 
uh, can I write a check for your wife? Sure. Off he goes, comes back, gives me a check to give to Sandra for 500, sorry, 5,000 Canadian dollars. And I'm thinking, why did Sandra get a bigger one? I, she wanted to give 50, I wanted to give, what, that just doesn't make sense. Friends, this is how my brain works. It just is illogical. Um, anyways, it's, it turns out we have a shared bank account, ladies and gentlemen, so that, that solves all these little, little problems. And then, as we're sitting in the car, end of the meeting, we're getting ready to go for lunch, the Holy Spirit reminded me, I think it's Hebrews 11:16, that those who live by faith, those who act on God's thoughts, God's preparing cities for them. Meaning that God has positioned a guy at this church with a Canadian bank account that has over 5,000 Canadian dollars in it. What is the possibility of that? Not very high, that people in Britain would be having Canadian bank accounts. If you've got grandkids in, in Canada, maybe. If you have a business in Canada, maybe. But it's like God had prepared this guy to be generous to Sandra and I because we were generous the week before. And friends, that's how it happens. Last Sunday, I get a God thought. Next week, give away $1,000. I said to Sandra, I'd like to give away $1,000. She goes, did you get money? No, I got money. Give it away. Someone this morning heard the first sermon, put in an extra 200 and friends, that's how the kingdom of God works. Money just keeps flowing because God is the creator of all. He's the giver of all. And his heart is for us to be generous so that he can be generous back to us so that we can be generous again and again and again and again and again forever and ever. Amen. Yep, that's how it works. Stand up with me. We're going to pray two prayers this morning. I'm going to pray two prayers this morning. Not going to get you to put your hand up, but I'm going to guess one of us, not one of us, all of us are in one of two categories. Uh, we have this poverty mindset that I just don't know if I can afford to be generous. I need to hold on to what I have. That's the spirit that the disciples were functioning in. We can't be that generous. What about tomorrow? And Jesus was, okay, well, plan B. Has anyone got food? It turns out a little boy had some food. So the poverty spirit says, no, not right away. I can't do it because, and really we get into the thinking of, I need to look after myself. I don't trust God to look after me if I'm generous today. And the spirit of mammon is very similar, and it says, what do you have in your hand right now? And that's the measure that you can give. Without asking the Holy Spirit, what do I give? How much do I give? We, we ignore God, and we make money be our judge. I got a five, a 20, and a 100. It's one of those three. And that's not the spirit of God either. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.